So current reading goal right now, I'm actually sitting at like 470-ish books for this year. Welcome back to another episode of Strong Municipal Library's podcast, All Books, where we talk to you about books we'd like to read. Yes, I like that. That's a nice change. So (laughs) this episode, we are talking about our 2024 reading goals, Mm -hmm. and we've gathered a bunch of the people on staff here to talk about what they're planning to do next year. But we figured we would start with us. It's it's true. Don't do don't make other people do things you're not willing to do yourself. (laughs) Yes, that's the that's the goal as an interviewer. So we're going to go through some of our book goals and general I guess we can talk a little bit about like this past year and then anything that's changed. Um, we did do an episode I last year. We I didn't listen to it yes. um, recently, so I have no idea what I said. I made bold claims, I'm sure. One of yours stayed the same, which I'll make sure I point that one out yeah, to okay. you. <laughs> so last year, I wanted to read books that were set in other countries because mm-hmm. I was really wrestling with some wanderlust that has not gone away. Yeah. It's still there. But... I wanted to make a point to not read books that were set in the U.S. or in Great Britain or the United Kingdom, at least at first. Mm -hmm. So I read a good number of books that were set in other countries. It was a fun way to kind of filter for stories. Yeah including anything from South Africa to Russia to there was one book that kind of just took this journey across Europe. I read one set in Australia, a couple that were set in Korea. So it was a really fun way to break up my reads. And then toward the end of the year, I stopped being as particular about, okay, only other countries. gotten a good variety. Yeah, that makes sense. I... I really enjoy, I don't do that enough, but I do enjoy it because I feel like even if the book is theoretically a similar style of book that would have been written, the perspective, the writing style, everything is so different, especially yes. if it's written in a different language. There have been books that I've read that were translated very well, I think, but the 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 thought process is so different. Yes. That it was interesting in its own way just for that. There we go. Yes, it's picking me up. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, that was a very satisfying way to do it. Another Mm -hmm. twist I've seen on selecting books, but I don't want to do it for next year, is people will pick out books where the main character is doing a profession that they find interesting or maybe wished they could be when they were little or something. The The hard part of that is that most of the writers aren't in that profession. So I imagine like... Like, sometimes I read about people who are librarians, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, sitting at an idyllic desk, like, with a little shaft of sunlight, like, falling upon them, and they're just, like, stamping books and stuff. And I'm like, but did you clean up poo today, though? Right. Because <laughs> that tells me whether this person has researched this job appropriately. Who yelled at you? <laughs> no, I, I do love it. But but it's not all stamping books and wearing cute glasses. <laughs> I, I feel like last year I had all of these bold claims and big goals, and I don't think they were bad or mis like um, misled but i think that i put so many constraints in on myself that like the further i got into the year the more it felt like suffocating yes like just choosing a book felt like oh if i choose the wrong book that i'm not meeting my goals and it just it was too restrictive i think because i i really wanted to read more variety i wanted to be less like oh let me look at all the reviews first because i am that person <laughs> like both with products and with books i will read all the reviews first but that that really limits you especially if you are interested in books that are weird or different or or just the experience of reading because there are books i read this year there's one that we read in our itty bitty 
book review committee <laughs> called Horse All the Horses of Iceland or something. Yes. It's not called Horses of Iceland because that's a book about horses. <laughs> it's, In it's Iceland. All the Horses of Iceland. Um, and it's this like magic realist history of like how the Icelandic horse that is very different from other horses got to Iceland and it was really interesting. It is not something I would have read if, if it was not for the book club. And it's something that I would argue the experience of reading it was not my favorite. Like I was reading it critically like I would if it, I was in a class because we were going to do a book club discussion about it. So I was paying a lot more attention than I normally would. It was just a short little novella. So it wasn't a huge like time sink, but it was it was very weird in a way that I can express. <laughs> but it's one of those things that if I had read the reviews, if I read what it's about and let that stop me, if I hadn't had a discussion about it, I probably either would have never picked it up or would have left it being like, what a weird book. It's not my vibe. But talking about it with other people really expanded like the experience from like, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like buying a board game and being like, this is a nice quality board game. And then playing it with someone and being like, oh, now I really appreciate it. Even if it wasn't my favorite to begin with, the experience of sharing with other people is what made it better. So I really want to keep going on that original thing I had for 2023, which is just like letting books speak to me and not which that was the one that you did say I remember yeah that one. and and I think I went a little too hard last year because I think last year I was like I'm not even gonna read the back cover it's too much for me <laughs> I I don't I like being in control I don't like chaos not reading the back cover of a book and not reading the reviews too much so I I think I'm still even gonna let myself look at reviews but if a book sounds interesting and then the review isn't great the review number or whatever the star rating you know what I mean not letting that stop me from reading the book at all because it's very possible that I could read it and be that weirdo who likes it like someone in there gave it five stars and then also just talking about books more like I think that elevates the experience of reading a book especially a book that is not your cup of tea so much that it's something that I wish we could do more which is hilarious because she's saying this me sitting on a couch in a room where she talks to people about books. <laughs> but the problem is we don't ever. Which we can make that be one of our collective goals for yeah, next year for the podcast. Because I feel like other people even come in in groups and talk about books they read together and have all these fun discussions. And we're just like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Tell and then me, what happened next? What did yeah, you think of this tell character? Tell me more about your experience having fun. <laughs> but yes, those are, those are some big ones for me. The only other ones I have is to stop being a commitment phobe and like actually finish a series there are books that i recommend to people wholeheartedly that i love that have five stars that i had a great experience reading and i have never ever read any of the other books in the series knife of never letting go for me yeah i only read the first book and it's so weird and and i don't know if it's part of me being like but what if i read the second book and it's not good <laughs> which is you know maybe not the best perspective to have but so i'm I'm not going to say I'm going to finish all my series because basically if you pick up a fantasy series, it's going to be like seven books now. But finish a series. Like if I read a book that I enjoy actually sitting down and finishing the series and then also reading more YA, it's part of my job, but also it makes it easier to recommend things. Maybe not as much romance in the YA section just because it's hard to... It's <laughs> Every year it gets harder to relate to. You know, I am not a 16-year-old falling in love for the first time. And feeling uh, like it's going to be forever. Yes. So I, I, I'm I, not saying no to like rom-com YA. I just think I'm going to focus a little more. I think I'll be able, I have more staying power if I focus on more of the like coming of age books, the cultural books, things like that that are going to be more interesting from a broader perspective than just like the relationship between two teenagers, which 
you know, weirdly, I don't relate to. <laughs> so those are those are mine. C- commit more, but also be more spontaneous. <laughs> commit to being spontaneous. Yes. Read more YA for my job and also for me because it's full of like hope and we can change the world and things will be better. And I think that could be a good thing to add to the roster every so often. And then also just Talk talking about them. them. Yeah. Do more doing more episodes of the podcast. <laughs> So I think mine for next year, you know, rather than being super intentional about I want it to be set in a certain place or something Mm -hmm. like that, I want to try to at least read four of those, I don't know, medicinal books. Like, you know, that nonfiction that's either self-help or something that's trying to teach you a good life skill. Mm -hmm. So I've already figured out one of those. But in the past, I've made the mistake of trying to read these books cover to cover. I did that with Atomic Habits, too. And I forced myself to get all the way through that one. Great book. I rely on a lot of what I learned from it daily. In mm-hmm. fact, I've been trying to work on increasing certain good habits. But because I did it all in one sitting, I couldn't wait to get back to stories. So I think I'm going to give myself that permission to do maybe a chapter or two at yeah. a time and then switch to stories so it doesn't feel like I'm drinking castor oil so much. But Yeah, the difference between like having a single cup of herbal tea for your digestion versus every hour forcing yes. yourself to drink herbal tea and being like, I hate it. I just want I just want <laughs> chocolate milk. I don't know. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. And that's I feel like that's a great idea because there are there are so many I think self-help people either love it or hate it. But there's so much like in between for it. I was never really a self-help person until I read that book that I shared with you also and that we talked about on this very podcast. The one about rituals. Oh, yeah, that one was really good. Yes, and that one really spoke to me in a very specific way because I think the problem with a lot of self-help is that it does have to be your kind of self-help. If you read the wrong book, it's just not going to speak to you. So putting it on your list to read like multiple and like make them more bite-sized chunks I think makes it really approachable and easier for your brain to like actually do the effort to change right it's a lot harder when you read 70 different things you're supposed to be doing in like a week and you're like i can't do all of those but if you're reading a chapter and there's five things in it you can be like yeah i could i could probably work one or two of those five things in exactly so i think that's one of my goals this year i've read about 50 books so i think i'm gonna set my actual number goal to 48 for next year yeah so nice and that's a good i love when it's divisible by the weeks or months in a year yes I, I don't know why. I just love it because it never works out that way. It's always you read three books back to back and then you spend two weeks doing nothing. It's always like that. But I like the idea of like evenness and and a well-distributed number of books throughout the year. I have the problem of working really hard the first six months and then the last six months just kind of sliding and doing whatever. So I guess <laughs> I need to be a little more focused on not pushing myself too hard and then also not slacking off at the end. <laughs> That's what graphic novels are for. That's right. To pad it out at the end. (laughs) And then the last thing I think I'm going to try is dabbling a little bit more with romance. Now that I've Mm -hmm. figured out, you know, my little Goldilocks principle here, I finally figured out which one's just right for me. (laughs) It makes it a little bit less daunting to try to pick some additional titles up here and there. Yes. And one thing that I'm really excited about, (laughs) this is not a sponsor, is using Storygraph more because I started this year. This year I like officially, I still have a Goodreads account, but I rarely get on it. I started using Storygraph a little more. Sadly, it was at the end of my committed period in the beginning of the year so I don't have as much logged in there as I could but I love like all the data that you get I love that you get like pacing information that you get user generated tags because like honestly I don't feel bad filling out all that information and not writing anything in the review because I feel like I've contributed 
enough information wise that it can be used in a way that is like going to be useful for someone else who's yeah. interested in reading the book. And their recommendations are spot on at least that i've noticed so far the more that you put in the better the recommendations are because they use so many tags and so much information and data as user generated that it doesn't rely on like this weird list algorithm like oh your book was in a list with a different book so you should read that one even though they could the content could be so different they're just both fantasy or something also you get that beautiful little exported data sheet at the end of the year and there's something librarians love data (laughs) oh yeah i was very excited to see my Mm -hmm. reading pie chart that was generated by storygraph because apparently i read a lot of emotional books which i didn't realize about myself (laughs) because you do like you do like that family like drama interpersonal conflict type of thing and that tends to skew towards emotional i think it's different because it's not emotional like like manufactured drama it's not like that it's 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 like the nitty-gritty of human relationships which is gonna inherently be emotional because humans are are human people (laughs) right that's right kids humans are human you heard it here first but yes and now they have um, i originally tried storygraph a year or two ago and they didn't have an app at that time but now they have an app and it's so easy and it's beautiful and i think i think that once goodreads was purchased by amazon i really think that it kind of like stopped being as useful especially because there's so many authors that use it very fairly, like they're to published on their Amazon stuff, yeah. to promote their stuff. Yeah, like that's very fair. But at the same time, it stopped feeling like a place that you could just catalog your own books and kind of felt too much like a social media platform. Yeah, I feel yeah. too self-conscious to try to actually review any of the books that I read on Goodreads. Exactly. Like, I'm afraid it's somehow going to get back to the author. Like exactly. It's- <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I honestly feel like Storygraph still feels like it belongs to readers and that it's, it's social and that you could see other people's reviews and be friends with people or whatever. And you can even buddy read. I don't know if you knew that on Ooh. Storygraph. Yeah. But it doesn't feel so much like you are one generating a review for Amazon to use on their website, which I'm pretty sure they can do because they just link them together. Or two, like you're screaming it out onto like book Twitter and being like, four stars. It was okay, but the ending was kind of bad. Like, you know, it it feels less awkward. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to I think we're going to do great. (laughs) Yes. Well, and, you know, you kind of reminded me of one other thing that I did for 2023 by accident. Mm -hmm. And that was whenever coworkers would recommend a book to me, I pretty much made a point to go at least try that book. And I actually read all of the books that were recommended to me specifically, apart from our secret reader stuff, I usually would read one or two, not the full yeah. stack. But mm-hmm. other than that, I would go out of my way to try to go find that book and read it. And it's been enjoyable. Like mm-hmm. it's exposed me to some stories that I don't think I would have picked up otherwise. And yeah, overall, I also, fun. I also think if someone's recommending it, there's two different types of recommendations. I love this and I want everyone to read it recommendation, which sometimes you have to take with a grain of salt because yes. everyone's different in their reading tastes. And then the, I read this slash heard about this, and I immediately was like, I need to tell this person this book exists. And even if you don't like a book, it's so interesting to read a book that someone recommends like that because you get this like little like reverse perspective on like what they think about like what you would like, which is interesting in its own right. Like even if it's not your favorite book, you're like, oh. I also see elements of the recommendor in those stories that they, you know, Mm -hmm. really try to get me to read. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, this is a book I think you would like, but also it's like my twist on it. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. I think we have a good variety. I like, I feel like both of us got a little more loosey-goosey this year. Like, we still have goals, but they're not quite as like, like yours was like, 
books from every country like and and I remember distinctly the beginning of year being like <laughs> I need to find a book written in this part of the world yeah. which was good like it expands your perspective but it at, towards the end of the year it can start feeling like restrictive as opposed to yes an and I, I did to... loosen up quite a bit yeah. because there were some wonderful books that came out in 2023 that I didn't want to miss out on yeah so definitely well, we finished talking amongst ourselves, and that means we get to introduce some wonderful coworkers of ours to share their goals and perspectives on 2024. All right, and Danielle is joining us. She is one of the shelvers here at the library, and this is her first time on the show. So welcome, and how about you tell us about some of your reading goals for 2024? Hello. So current reading goal right now, I'm actually sitting at like 470-ish books for this Ooh. year. Oh my gosh. Dang. I read a lot of manga, which takes okay. up a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I've read the majority of One Piece this year alone. So that's like 70. Yeah, that's like books. a never ending yeah. series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's made it a lot. So next year, I'm kind of like, do I try to do that again? Do I but aim that high? No. <laughs> I think I think that's a bonus. Yeah. Like, that's the like, kind of like, ooh, look at me. I did so well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because I read basically one piece and just entire series of manga just yeah. in like sittings of just oh i have the whole access through the library let me just read all mm -hmm. of it and it's like probably not gonna have that much time next year doing yeah. that and just with school those things but for the most part other than that i want to try to read more audiobooks mm -hmm. i already read them pretty frequently now but there's more like i guess more nonfiction in general as well because i yeah. typically read my nonfiction through audiobooks so it's like well if i read more audiobooks more nonfiction. so mm -hmm. Right now, those are the current goals. And then romance for sure, because my friend is like, you should read more mo ro more romance for like exposure therapy. So you can like get out in the world, see how romance is. But I'm like, this is books though. So like, yes. <laughs> I was but like, like <laughs> so there are a lot of tropes. So. Yes. It's like the one bed thing's not going to happen anytime soon. Like those kind of things. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, you should just read more just to see if you like it or not. And I'm like, I guess but it's always like the cartoon ones always throw me off because i know they're like very smutty but then it's mm -hmm. like i don't have a problem with that but sometimes i'm just like reading i'm like like webtoons and manga like that yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah i'm just like oh, okay this is happening now let's go <laughs> cool yes <laughs> yeah, can we get back to the plot is yeah. usually yeah, what i do else yes leslie and i were just talking about that that I feel like almost everyone can read romance, but I feel like you really have to find the right yeah. avenue for you. Because there's a lot of stuff that, like, weirdly, it's almost like it's people's opinions and perspectives. <laughs> right. Um, that can really, like, to use another hilarious play on words turn people off <laughs> when it comes to reading romance because it's like it's so personal to yes. to you like what you think is like romantic and what's not there's some books out there that are theoretically romance to other people that i will read and just be like this is a literal horror movie <laughs> this yeah, is a nightmare the exactly. alpha male stuff that's oh like oh my gosh and there's a bunch of it in romance any of that real strong oh, danger. Like, yeah danger i can't zone. do it immediately yeah. No, and it's like I've read a decent bit of romance and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I like these. But then there's some I've read. I've been like, I literally don't even know what's happening <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's like where you're like sitting there and like trying to just figure out like what position are they even in at this point? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Why is why is she falling in love with the with the literal human? What was it like humanized version of Clippy? COVID? Oh, yes. oh, yeah. There's a Clippy one, too. If yeah, you guys there's also... <laughs> 
Well, There's also one about a door. That one's really funny. Yes. That one was making its way around book talk. And Gingerbread Man one became popular recently yeah, yeah, because yeah, of Christmas. Yeah. It's literally about a door that like is in love with the person who lives inside the Yes. And then someone tries to like rob her or kidnap her and the door goes alive to save her. I'm sorry. These are clearly not that yes. like to be consumed. Seriously. These are like eighty page novellas found on They're humorous, the dark Chuck side Tingle of Amazon. Novellas, yes. But yeah, no, I really like the idea of like exposing yourself to new like genres because I think a lot of people stay in their like little comfort area which isn't bad like that's a good thing in its own way but it's nice to occasionally dip your toe out and just be like okay and for me it took multiple attempts before i finally figured out what i liked so yeah Mm -hmm. i feel that way about nonfiction. I I do like a good number of of like types of nonfiction, but it's really easy for me to just get buried under like citations and dates and Mm -hmm. stuff so i have to find the right one but when i do find the right one very interesting yes apparently i like reading about the plague any plague (laughs) find it interesting (laughs) there's a good one i read earlier this year it's called word slut the feminist guide to taking back the english language by that sounds interesting yeah she one of her books we have on the shelf cultish Literally, yes. I was about to talk about Goldish. <laughs> she wrote this book, I think, last year, the year before, mm-hmm. and it's super interesting. It basically goes into a lot of like cuss words that are inherently like feminine and dehumanizing in yeah. a feminine way, and all these things. And it's really cool. And she goes into a bunch of statistics that are like not overbearing, and like even the audiobook comes with like here's a little guide to follow as you like listen along i'm like this is great this yeah. is my kind of nonfiction. yes <laughs> there's also one that i have on my to read shelf that maybe i will try to start or end the year with called the wager and it is a nonfiction book oh yeah about a ship that it sounds like the drama the tea guys <laughs> because some of the people wash up on shore after the ship ship has like sank and like been missing for a while and they're like it was horrible like you know we're the only ones left like it was it was so traumatic and then a year later other people from the same ship wash up and they're like those mother effers <laughs> mutinied and left us on an yeah. island <laughs> and i'm like and they go through all of the ship's logs and correspond and everything to like try to build this narrative of like what oh, happened dang. on this ship and like and i was just like it sounds like the reality tv version <laughs> of like the 1800s like ship logs yes. i was just like ooh, <laughs> who betrayed who <laughs> so that's what i'm looking forward to non-fiction wise and i'm trying that's my like branching out yeah. of my of my comfort zone but do you like aim for a certain number of books like or do you are like you said like mm-hmm. a little below what you have now just so if yeah. you do su- <laughs> surpass yeah. it <laughs> yeah it's basically just it's gone up every year since kind of 2020 <laughs> because we've had the time more so yeah and This year, it just got really high because not this semester, but last semester, I was in a class for young adult literature, and Mm -hmm. the professor wanted us to read three to four books every single week. I could not do that, so I read about two to three, maybe. That's an experience. Yes. So within, like, four months, I knocked out, like, 30-ish young adult novels, which was, like, that's also way more than I would typically read on a normal schedule. So it's... Most of the time I go towards book number, but it's also like there are days where I or I should say there are like weeks and stuff where I just won't read. But yeah. then like I'll read like 12 manga in a sitting or something just yeah. because I'm like, I have nothing going on today. Might as well. Mm-hmm. But 
for the most part, I do aim for number or like trying to like diversify kind of like page number because mm-hmm. mangas are typically like 200-ish pages maybe and yeah. they are pictures. So you can read one of them in like 20, maybe even 30 minutes. And so it's like going from that to like I read A Day of Fallen Night this year, which mm-hmm. was the prequel to Prior of the Orange Tree, which are both bricks i yep. love those books big old chunkers so <laughs> it's very much going back and forth was like i don't know if my brain can do this very much so trying to just read more like actual novels yeah but obviously i'm still gonna read a lot variety of, of stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah and sometimes i actually just bought priory the orange <gasps> tree for myself so but sometimes i like to kind of break up by length of the book so if mm. i finish one that's gigantic i either want to pick up a novella or like you do a yeah. graphic novel or something just so i can feel like i'm making up for lost time <laughs> like exactly. it, really, it really does like feel like you've even if it's a good ex- reading experience been in the same thing for so long that it's nice to just like read something and not feel like it's just like weighing you down yes. like you look at it and you're like i've been reading for four hours and you look at the book and you're like 15 <laughs> percent through exactly yes <laughs> especially high fantasy with me i can only read like one high fantasy at a yeah. time maybe we're gonna get those names mixed up oh no 100 percent I was reading, or I am basically currently trying to get through the Witcher series, which I really like. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like while I was reading A Day of Fallen Night, I'm like, there's no possible way I can start the next Witcher book right now because nope. I will, it will go over my head, not not <laughs> happening. You're like, I can only keep one entire universe at a time in my head. Are there any other things that you're looking for to like either expand or focus on in 2024? I think those are the big ones, but also yeah. just kind of like trying to read more, I guess, contemporary. I read a lot of contemporary in like graphic novels, but in like general, me and my friend who is also a very big reader don't really touch on it very much. And she recently read one. She's like, I actually don't know the plot. I think it's a character story, but the characters are boring. So (laughs) I'm just going to sit through the last bit of this book. So contemporary is always a very like hit or miss with us kind of like romance. We're like, we really don't know if we're going to like this or not, Mm -hmm. but might as well try. I've read a few of them this year and they've been pretty good. But for the most part, I just hardly ever touch. It's not a genre, technically. It's a style. Mm -hmm. But we just never touch that. So I'm like, maybe read one or two and see if I like it. Maybe go down that route. Like the fiction section, I know like none of the books in that section. There are a few good ones in there. But but it does have to be like, if you're a mood reader like I am, you have to be in the right mind mind frame for it. So I'm going to summarize because I feel like this would be really helpful for me as a listener. (laughs) Behind each person, I'm going to summarize what they went over. So you're going to aim for a number a little less than what you did. And if you happen to surpass it, then it is just a blessing and a gift. You are going to try to do more variety of lengths of novels and graphic novels. You are also going to try to stick a little pinky toe in romance, see if you can find something you like, and then also read more contemporary. Is there anything else? I think that's it. Those are the big ones, yeah. Okay, those are the big ones. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Mary is here to talk about her goals for 2024. You did Pop Sugar last year, right? I did that the year before. Okay. This year, I only did the Goodreads where I set a number. And I was going to do the Root Root Read with the Houston Astros. A librarian does it on Twitter, or X now. But I... I fell through with that one. I did stick. I did stick with the Goodreads, you know, with my my number, but I was a little more uh, fluid this year with what I chose to read. So, do you think you're going to use your experiences this past year to inform what you want to do this next year? Yes, yes. I am a mood reader, and I need to, you know, read what I'm in the mood for. And I've just decided that I want to enjoy what I'm reading. 
and I want to choose what I'm going to read rather. And it is nice. I mean, when I've done those challenges before, the, I've done a Book Riot and Pop Sugar, I did read books that I wouldn't normally read so I could find a book for a certain prompt. But now I'm just wanting to just to read for fun and to read what I feel like I want to read. More romanticy, maybe? Well, okay. <laughs> I, it's funny. My Goodreads goal was 50 for this year, 50 books. And about this summer, I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to make it. And I had come to terms with that. You know, it's it's fine. I, I won't make my 50. And then the tidal wave, the <laughs> romanticy tidal wave of 2023 hit the library and I got swept up in it. And I've now read 56 books. It's just and I and I will finish this one that I'm listening to and reading. I do both physical and listen. And so I know I for sure I'll have 57. And it's not that I'm it that doesn't really mean any, you know, it's I'm not patting myself on the back for that. I've just read some really good books. I've really enjoyed some really good books this year. So that's the way I look at it. Do you find, so are you going to maybe try for 50 again this next year? Or are you um, really just going super like? I'm sticking with 50. I think okay. that's a good number for me. Interestingly, that's about where I landed. So I did about 53 is where I'm at now. And mm -hmm. so I think for next year, I'm going to set mine at about 50 as well. So. Yeah, I know people, you know, I see because I follow on Instagram and on TikTok and on Facebook. I have different book groups. And there are some people that read way over 100 books. And I... I don't know how they do that. You know, I'm sure that there's some audio in, involved in that audiobooks as well, because I, I at times listen here at work when I'm doing something that I can, you know, can do that. But I was an elementary teacher for 34 years, and I read like I'm telling myself a story. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I just can't see, you know, I think 50 is a good it's a it's a good number for me. <laughs> How do you like to find your books? Well, the thing this year more than any other is our community of readers that we've really developed here at work. I mean, we really have, you know, a good group of people and who we like to share, you know, what we've read and, and you know, the romanticy. I would never have thought I would read romanticy. And, you know, with through my friendships with y'all and in talking about books, I don't know, I, I recommendations, that's a, you know, personal recommendations from people that I know and that I see that they read things that I also read. I also I do, you know, like I said, on on TikTok and on Instagram, I really like to uh, look and see people that have read books that I have read and enjoyed. And then I look and see what have they read that I haven't that I oh, yeah. want to read. That's a great way to discover stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Well, here's to hoping that you find even more fun reads next year. I hope I will. And now we have Chasley here to tell us about her reading goals. Are you going to read 24 books? <laughs> That's right. 24. Uh, at least. <laughs> I, besides, yes, I'm definitely going to read 24 new releases. <laughs> got to. <laughs> uh, I have to, apparently now. It's not a requirement of the job. I'm pretty sure it is now. Um, that's okay. I will, just because I've been wandering past anyway. No, other than that, I don't really have any book goals. I don't have a number. I completely failed the pop sugar thing. I stopped looking at it in, like, February. <laughs> yes. So, yep. But I do have some books I'm really looking forward to for next mm -hmm. year. 
James S.A. Corey finished the Expanse series last year, and next year they're coming out with a, the first in a new series, oh. um, which they say is only going to be like a trilogy and not hmm. like 10 books. Interesting. But, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust them either. And then Stormlight Archive number 5 by Brandon Sanderson. The last book came out in 2020. That means mm-hmm. we all have waited oh. four years, Brandon. Stop Brandon, doing. while you wrote like 17 other books. Stop all of that nonsense and write this one because it's my favorite uh, epic fantasy series. There's also some really great nonfiction coming out next year. There's one called 2020 by Eric Kleinenberg, who's a sociologist. And it's they say it's like character-driven investigation of the year of 2020. So like mm. all of the COVID shutdowns and mm. everything. Is that going to feel too recent? I see. I'm curious, and like you know, because I haven't read any nonfiction about it except for you know, like occasional articles. But I've read a lot of fiction where it comes up, and mm-hmm. so I'm really interested to see, you know, what what he comes up with for that. Also, you know, a history of the world in six drinks, which is a great book, mm-hmm. and like a history of the world in a hundred objects. Well, we have three new ones coming out next year. Oh. It just like it's not even like the same like series. It's just random publishers, random authors who are like, that's a great Wouldn't idea. Wouldn't it be interesting if we did that? Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be great? History of the world in twelve shipwrecks, a history of the world in six plagues, and a history of the world in forty seven borders. And I have to say, I want to read all of those. That, I'm like, please give they me do. context. Here's the thing. <laughs> they sound so the plague the one shipwreck would be, one yeah. specifically I'm like, but how? And and I know a lot of it is colonization. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I really do. I love how they, you know, are like, hey, let's take these like major events that all have something in common and tell mm-hmm. you a lot about how the world led up to that moment and what happened after. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the real success of those books is it's not just an isolated thing. It's like, let's see how this in fa- impacted like the history of the world. Like Pathogenesis that came out this yeah. year was another one that it was like a history of the world and nine plagues. Mm-hmm. But oh, I learned so much history beyond, yeah. you know, plagues. Yeah, you learn a lot more about the society that the play was happening in because the, that it, that makes a lot of what happens after make sense. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, even with COVID, like there were a bunch of things that shifted pretty dramatically for our society, mm-hmm. like remote work and like the advent of Zoom and all this other stuff that might have eventually kicked off. But I think that that kind of gave it a jump start. Yeah. And as much as mask wearing is still a flippity floppity subject for people you will still see people walking around in in masks and it has become a thing like sniffly put a mask mask on on. yeah and that was a thing in other countries but it was never a thing here it would have been crazy if you walked around with a mask on people would have been like what's wrong with you you have the plague what are you hiding what are you hiding are you trying to rob me (laughs) which says something deeper about our society but yeah it's really interesting how that in itself is a cultural shift that i never expected would have happened i felt weird when i was a teenager i had to wear a mask once because I was sick with the flu and I felt so weird. Yeah. I, I it, and but now I would just be like, yeah, I'm yeah. sick. Now anytime I've even got a mild cold and I'm still feel well enough you to go to work, I slap one on. on. Yeah. Sorry, we digressed. No, Sorry. Totally we also got to keep cocktails to go, which I think was a really yes. you know, a big plus Except for us. I got a really bad one oh. last night, but but <laughs> generally great <laughs> that's all for books that i'm looking forward to next year but there are some books to movies that are coming out which is pretty oh interesting. okay yeah. orion and the dark which is a picture book they're turning mm-hmm. into a movie oh and then two sci-fi books the three body problem and dark matter which is they're by... making a three body problem right? i know movie? i was like this would make such a better movie than a book it was a confusing yes. book. yeah <laughs> um dark matter by blake crouch though and he, i love his recent sci-fi mm-hmm. stuff because it's all like time twisty stuff and so i'm very excited about that one and then speaking of the pandemic apples never fall by leanne moriarty is going to be coming a movie mm-hmm. next year. 
So every year I tell myself I'm going to be a grown up and like look ahead and see what's being released so I can plan for it. And then I never do. Like how early do you start looking at lists and figuring out what's going to be released? Well, I mean, a lot of it is that like in the process of ordering children's books to the library, I do come across a lot of stuff. But also anytime like I read a book by an author that I love, my next thought is when do I get to read another one? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, when is the next uh, Leanne Moriarty book coming out? When is the next Louise Penny? And so which... Louise Penny has nothing on the horizon, which is horrifying. I'm like, please, <laughs> like you're usually good for what a year. Don't let us down. But yeah, no, I look, I look all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. And are you pretty like comfortable with how you pick books, the number of books you read, like all of that? I am. I think that as I've gotten older, I am more likely to put down a book that I'm not enjoying, even mm-hmm. if there's nothing like technically wrong with it. Yeah, you know, and which has been really nice. Like mm-hmm. I discarded three this week, which is not something that happens Dang. very often. <laughs> but I got, you know like a couple hours into the audio and I was like, I'm not, I'm not having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be having fun guys. And so, but yeah, I, I do, I end up reading a lot, mostly audiobooks, doing chores and doing the commute. Yeah. But, but yeah, I like that. I think that looking back on my year last time, I did notice that I, I enjoyed the sci-fi a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, when I started even looking at this and planning for next year, I was like, you know what? I probably should kind of focus in that direction because apparently that's what I'm enjoying most right now. Yeah. And did you try to do Pop Sugar last year? Was that something that you were like, I'm going to do the I did it in, in 2022 I um, and I liked it, but I started it in 2023 and I did a few and then I was like, I just don't care anymore. So. And then tell us, yeah. like, what are they asking you to do in Pop Sugar? I know a lot of librarians were picking up picture books or stuff to, like, fulfill those challenges. Yes, which is really smart. That definitely works. And you get to read picture books, which is, you know, it's a win-win. But no, it's a lot of random things. Like, sometimes it's like, choose a book with black on the cover or choose a book by a woman author or choose a book that's set in, you know, the 1950s, that kind Kind of yeah. thing. And so it's it's a lot of kind of random things, but it does help you to select books because they, of course, Goodreads immediately will come out with long lists that fit the, you know, so you're not just lists blind. for individual, like. Each individual yeah. topic. But also it helps you to, you know, reach out and read things that you never would have picked out before. Yeah, which is, is nice, but if you are in that very, like. If you feel like mood reading, (laughs) it's not a great choice because it just feels like so much work. Like you have to like look in, it's a long list. You see a book you want to read and and your first thought is like, how can I make it fit on the list? And then you're like, that's not fun. I want to read this book. I don't want someone to stop me. Yeah. And I would say if you are much of a mood reader or if you have like a particular genre that you're you're really into, I would not bother. But if you're really struggling to just find something that you want to read, then I think Pop Sugar is a great place to start because then you can look through those lists and be like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. that's something great. I also like that you said that you've been reading a lot of sci-fi, so you're just going to lean into that. Because I think a lot of people, when they notice they read a lot of a book, can be like, oh, I'm reading too much of X. I need to read more Y. I appreciate that you were like, no, clearly I like X. Why would I stop Why reading I X and try to read I, something I else? Altogether too much of the should in our society, especially yeah. when it comes to things that we like. You know, you like romance, read romance. People mm-hmm. are jerks about it, but that doesn't affect you. They can go be jerks somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, I went through like a really depressing time um, beginning of September, end of October, and so I naturally gravitated toward my chicken soup, which is horror. Ah. And you know, as I was listening to it, I was like, why don't I do this more often? Like, this yeah, is my happy like place. So. I'm happy. <laughs> we just need all of that we can get. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. maybe not reading that book about 2020. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as long as you are giving yourself warm and comforting things, it's easier to occasionally step out and do things that you are interested in, but maybe aren't calling to you in a comforting way. Because I think when you're constantly trying to challenge yourself, you just get exhausted. Like, it doesn't matter that it's 
quote unquote just reading like eventually your brain is like none of this is like fulfilling this like soft and comfortable like <laughs> thing inside of me where I want to be happy and not stressed out <laughs> yeah, I found I've been allowing myself more like you know I'll get my stretch reads and then I go do my little cool down reads which That's are things right. that you know I naturally would enjoy they might be kind of fluffy and predictable reads and yeah. then your, your dynamic stretching reads <laughs> that is so awesome mostly I'm excited about Christmas to have a few days off because man I have a stack at home so I have a whole big list I was telling you the other day that I was walking past those new books and then you know how they get you they're all shiny they're brand new they some of them still smell like books like and not people <laughs> not people, not people. <laughs> yeah so they always get me and I was looking at them and then I made eye contact with a book that I own that is at home sitting and has not been opened since I purchased it months ago and I went Never mind. I should I should read those books first because like I'm matching with somebody you ghosted. Yeah. <laughs> I literally looked at it and went, "Oh, that book looks really cool." And then I went, "I own that book." And then I looked over, "I own that book too." <laughs> I should probably read those books. But yeah, I am excited for Christmas too because I I feel like you rarely get a chance to sit down and like fully just just read and not yeah. read like fitting it into something. Just read. Just read for however long. I appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. So much. Much.